Welcome to Simplify Your Retirement with Certified Financial Planner Stephen Strickland from Wise Wealth LLC. In this podcast, we help individuals and couples plan for a peaceful and enjoyable retirement. Join us on this journey where we explore the importance of simplifying the retirement planning process as Stephen, with his years of experience and expertise in retirement income planning, along with guest experts, will help you achieve first wisdom, then wealth. And don't forget to check out the Simplify Your Retirement online course and other great resources at SimplifyYourRetirement.com. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to Simplify Your Retirement with Stephen Strickland from Wise Wealth. Stephen, today is a big day. Yeah, it's a big day. If uh, people are listening to our podcast on the day it is released, it is uh, affectionately or maybe not affectionately known as uh, the tax filing deadline for 2021. Yeah, you know, they always say there's two things in life that are certain, death and taxes. And for a lot of people, they feel like it's the same thing. Right, exactly. Today's a somber day for most. (laughs) I mean, hopefully uh, people have already gotten their taxes done and uh, uh, for those, obviously, in the uh, in the higher income brackets, it's yeah. uh, it's a day of uh, sorrow and pain <laughs> and suffering. And for others, uh, they look forward to the day because they get some of their money back because they overpaid yeah. in taxes for the year. It's an exciting day, you know, yeah. for sure. But it comes every year. So it's it's not a surprise yeah. either. Absolutely. Yeah, it's something that we're aware of. Uh, it, like you said, it's, it's very relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all in it. Uh, you know what I mean? No one can get out of it. Uh, it's going to happen to every person uh, listening to the show. I'm sure taxes are a reality and they're, and they're not going away. No. And, and you know, when we, we've helped a lot of people with over the years with financial planning, retirement income planning and all that. I mean, being in business 15 years, you do that. Mm-hmm. And, and I will say that pretty much every person that we've ever talked to has had a question around Taxes. Absolutely. You know, it's such a big drag, yeah. uh, if you want to call it that, on, you know, retirement planning. Uh, certainly, it's a huge factor when putting together someone's retirement income plan, projecting what their current tax rate is going to be, but then also looking at, you know, potentially in the future, uh, what their tax rate may be. And so that's why, you know, today's topic is extremely important. It's extremely relevant, not just because it's uh, tax filing deadline uh, day for 2021, but just in general. I think there's some things we can talk about about taxes in relation to uh, retirement planning, some things that I think are confusing to people Yes, uh, that I think we can address in today's show that I believe will be helpful to people to understand. I believe so too. And I, and I know that as we look at planning aspects of it too, there's taxes that everyone knows, and then there's taxes. And so we'll we'll talk about some of that today. But I know when we're talking about retirement income planning specifically, so sometimes people don't understand what to expect in retirement. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people are in retirement and get caught off guard by certain things. And then as you're planning for retirement, not not knowing what to do. So I know you have a few things that we want to touch on here today. Um, yeah. What are some of the key topics that people need to be aware of in concern to taxes in retirement? Right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. There's five really uh, broad topics I want to make sure we do cover today in, in the show that I think will be helpful to people. And, and a couple of those that you mentioned in relation to retirement income planning is what is the difference between the effective and the marginal tax rate? Uh, we're going to talk about that in just a minute. Then also, what's the difference between long-term and short-term capital gains mm. um, and how are they taxed differently? So I think that'll be helpful to investors, people planning for retirement. And really, that's what this podcast is all about. That's what this season is all about, introducing yes. topics that 
uh, we really haven't been able to spend a lot of time on up until now. Mm, that's right. And so it, it'll be a great topic. Uh, make sure you have a cup of coffee handy or whatever uh, energy you need, yes. because this is a uh, fun and exciting topic Absolutely. here. <laughs> We're going to so. do our best. <laughs> that's right. So first, I just want to talk about tax planning in general. This is one of the five things I want to talk about today, tax planning. So when we look historically uh, in the United States of America, what's interesting is we, we looked at what are the top uh, marginal tax rates historically in the history of the United States. And right now, obviously, the top marginal tax rate is 37%. 37. 37. Uh, but in the past, do you think it's been higher than that or lower than that? Well, I know the answer, <laughs> but I would have said we're really high. This is really high. Highest. Some people pay 37% uh, of, of their income in taxes. But historically, Paul, there, it, it has been a lot higher. So in the 40s and 50s, uh, in, in early 60s, the marginal tax rate in the United States of America was actually the highest marginal tax rates was up 90%. 90%. Yeah, wow. that was the highest possible, you know, tax rate someone could have for the highest income earners. They were paying some of their income was being taxed at 90%. So the only reason I bring that up is because it's important for people to know. We Sometimes we get lulled into the tax environment that we're in the tax environment they're in when we work, the tax environment we're in when we first retire, and we think, okay, this is going to be the normal tax rate. Well, it is important to know that marginal tax rates, which is the highest possible tax rates people could be charged, mm -hmm. have been all over the board in, in decades in the United States of America. It changes. It has changed a lot. It's been way up. It's been way down. Um, and so it's important to know that where we stand today, his, in, in, in the light of history and historical tax rates in the United States, we are actually fairly low. Mm. And I think that's what people need to really understand. And then there, there's another website we like to take people through in our course that we teach uh, in Simplify Your Retirement. It's a really uh, depressing website. And I know we're trying to make this as encouraging as possible, but there's a website called usdebtclock.org. Yes, yeah. And actually there's an app for that too. Oh boy. Yeah, you can download the no. app and just watch the numbers scroll Don't do it. by the second. It's yes. great. I'm sure you have it on your phone. I do. But- the usdebtclock.org, yeah, just literally gives you the numbers, like Paul said, second by second here. And, and it keeps track of the U.S. you know, federal spending in the U.S. federal revenue, uh -huh. what we're bringing in every year and what we're spending every year. And obviously, every year, there's a massive deficit. The United States government is spending more every single day, every single year than what they're bringing in. And so what does that do? That gives us a deficit for the year. It gives us a massive national debt that's being added to every single year. And so the point of bringing that up is to say at some point in time, the debt that the United States government owes is going to have to be paid back. Mm -hmm. And anybody who's in debt knows there's only two ways to pay back debt. Number one is you either have to increase income or you have to decrease spending. Yep. And so we're talking about the federal government and the federal government has two options to deal with the debt. They can either increase their income, which is raising taxes, or they can decrease spending. And if I just asked the audience who's listening today in the podcast, which one of you think, which one of these two things do you believe is more likely for the federal <laughs> government to do? Decrease spending or increase income through raised taxes? And I can just hear everybody right now, wherever you are in your living room or in your car, the answer is obviously they're going to raise taxes. Yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, you talked about the debt has to be paid back, but think about this, even if the debt wasn't paid back, just simply what we owe in interest on the debt. Yeah. The higher the debt, yeah. the higher the interest. Yeah. yeah, it's an issue that's going to have to be dealt with. So it's important for people to understand, we believe, I think the general consensus is 
tax rates will probably have to go up. So as financial planners, as retirement income planners, we have to look at it and say, here's your plan today when you retire. Here's the tax rate that you're retiring into. Here's what we can expect. But as a planner, we have to say, what are we going to do if tax rates go up? What if you start retirement in a 20% uh, you know, effective tax rate, and by the time you're 20 years into it, you're at a 30% tax rate? Mm. So you do have to plan for your tax rate not to be static throughout retirement. You have yeah. to plan for that potential to increase, which is what retirement planning is all about. It's always planning for the things that we don't know that are going to happen, mm-hmm. but we have to be ready for in case they do. Or, or even if we do know they're going to right. happen, we might not know how they're going to happen. So so we know taxes will affect us, but exactly how and how much, that's what we don't know. So we do have to have the plan for that. Very important. So that's the first thing we want to make sure we talk to everybody about, make sure you have a plan to deal with increasing taxes in retirement. What would you do if your taxes went up by 10% after you've already retired? Another thing I want to talk about today is really the effective tax rate versus the marginal tax rate. Mm. And just in general, when it comes to financial planning terms that you and I have talked a lot about, you know, the three-letter acronyms that are associated (laughs) with financial uh, jargon and in the terms in general, a lot of times people hear terms like, for example, a, a rollover in a transfer. Mm-hmm. They they sound the same, but they're not the same. And that's not yeah. the topic of today's show. But effective tax rate and marginal tax rate, mm. they sound the same. And people just kind of just throw them all together, but they're really not the same. And it is important, I think, for people to understand what the difference is between your effective tax rate and your marginal tax rate. For 95% of Americans, the effective tax rate is a better tool for measurement. So let me just uh, give the definition of each one and talk about why it's important. So marginal tax rate is what we kind of already have alluded to in in the podcast already. And that is the highest possible tax rate in the U.S. tax code. It is the rate of tax charged on a taxpayer's last dollar of income. So the highest possible amount of income tax you would pay is the marginal tax rate. It also determines the value of a deduction. So if you're in a, you know, 22% tax bracket, marginal tax bracket, and you and you have a deduction, it's going to benefit you 22% of that. But if you're in a 37% tax bracket, then that deduction is more beneficial to you. Mm-hmm. So that's important to understand what your marginal tax rate is. And, and I think a word you use there is probably what most people identify with, which is tax bracket. Tax bracket. That's and right. So knowing that that's the marginal rate, that's Correct. what we want to be thinking about. So yeah. that's a term that people are familiar with more than marginal, even Correct. though they mean the same thing. That's a good point. So it's very good to associate tax bracket with marginal tax rate. And because of that, some people assume whatever tax bracket they're in, that's the percentage that they paid in taxes on all their income this year. Mm. But that is not how this works because uh, we have a progressive tax system in the United States of America. So the effective tax rate is the actual percentage of taxes you pay on all your taxable income. It is the taxes you paid divided by your total taxable income. Mm. So if the U.S. tax system were, were based on a flat tax, if we some people hear about a flat tax, if we had a flat tax, the marginal and effective tax rates would be the same. But we don't. We actually have a progressive uh, tax rate in the United States of America. So, um, and, that, and that's important just because uh, when you're looking at how much income taxes you paid uh, versus your income, you can determine what you your actual percentage of taxes that you owe. And I'm just going to give an example. In 2021, the best way to show this is 
Um, if someone earned, they're married filing jointly mm-hmm. and they had $120,000 of taxable income, yep. their tax bracket, their marginal tax rate is 22%. Got it. So you make $120,000, you're married filing jointly, your tax bracket is 22%. Therefore, you would think that you would pay 22% of 120000 That is not how that works. If we were in a flat tax, that's how that would work. But the way the U.S. tax code works is the first $19,900 of income is is taxed at 10%. So on the first $19,900, you would own $1,990 in taxes. Mm -hmm. Then on the next, from $19,901 to $81,050, this is why people need a CPA or an accountant. You can't do yeah. this on your own. It's ridiculous. But on that taxable portion of your income from 19000 to 81000 you're taxed at 12%. And then only the amount above 81000 from 81000 to 120 is taxed at 22%. So someone who earns $120,000 in 2021, they would pay a total tax of So the way to determine what your effective tax rate is, is you take $17,995 divided by your income of $120,000 and your effective tax rate in that case is 15%. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they only paid 15% in taxes on $120,000. Which makes sense because if you're up to $80,000, is 10 and 12%. That means two thirds of your income is taxed at 12% or less. That's right. And that's what people don't realize. They assume, oh man, I'm in the 22% tax bracket. So I'm going to, I owe 22%. Well, you know, you didn't, you only owe 22% on the part that was above 81,000. And some people have seen this, but not really seen it or not understood it when they look at their paychecks. Mm -hmm. Because when you hit the next tax bracket, Mm -hmm. they start to hold out more at that point because the payroll taxes know how this works. Right. And that's where then decisions get made uh, determining, let's say, for example, you know, two different things, deductions, you know, you have the standard deduction and you have the itemized deduction. So obviously if you're, if you're close, if you're close to like $85,000 in income, that extra 4,000 that's taxed at 22%, maybe you make an IRA contribution for $4,000, get yourself back down into the $81,000 income. And so all your income is taxed at 12% or less. So that's important when it comes to determining whether or not you should invest in things that are giving you a tax deduction, let's say versus a Roth IRA where you don't get a deduction, Mm -hmm. but you get tax deferral. So that's why it's important to look at the tax brackets that you're in. It helps you determine whether or not you should try to get deductions, but it also determines you know, maybe, you know, we we talk a lot about Roth conversions, converting an IRA to a Roth IRA. And so uh, when you're looking at that, you may look at it and say, okay, I'm going to convert only enough IRA to get me right up against the the current tax bracket, the marginal tax rate that I'm in and not go over that amount. Yes. And so that's why it's important to know the marginal tax rates, the tax brackets, but also it's important for people to know you're really not paying 100% of your income at your marginal tax rate. So hopefully that's helpful to people. Another thing I want to talk about today, third topic is on capital gains. And this is a whole different story. Um, Capital gains, in in simple terms, the capital gains tax is calculated by taking the total sale price of an asset and deducting the original cost. Hmm. 
Mm. So the terms people throw around is cost basis. So if I buy, I buy into an investment at $10,000, I sell it later for $12,000, I have a $2,000 capital gain. Anytime you get a gain, especially if it's in a non-qualified account, not an IRA, not a Roth IRA, anytime you have a gain, that becomes taxable. But the difference with capital gains is capital gains are taxed at a different rate mm. than your tax bracket, than your marginal tax rate, okay? And so what determines that is whether or not it is a short-term capital gain or a long-term capital gain. And the difference in that is one year. So if you if you hold an investment for less than one year, you have a short-term capital gain or short-term capital loss. If you hold the investment for longer than one year, you have a long-term capital gain or a long-term capital loss. And there is an important distinction with how those things are taxed. So if you have a short-term capital gain, you bought something in uh, in March of 22, for $10,000, you sell it in November of 2022. That is less than a year. Yeah. So you're going to have a short-term capital gain. Let's say you sell it for 12,000. You have a 2,000. Short-term capital gains are taxed at your ordinary income tax rates. Okay. So whatever bracket you're in. So if you sell that short-term capital gain and you're in a 22% tax bracket, that portion would be taxed, would be taxed at 22%. However, if it's a long-term capital gain, a long-term capital gain, an investment that you've held for longer than a year, the maximum tax rate is 20%. You cannot pay more than 20% on a long-term capital gain. So in this example, it would be better for the person to just wait at least a year. So they would save, they would have saved 2% in taxes in that case. They'd go from, instead of paying 22% from their tax bracket, they would have paid 20% in long-term capital gains. So let me just give everybody for 2022, marrying filing jointly. And you can pretty much for, for the most part, cut these numbers in half if you're single, but married filing jointly, if your earned income is $83,000 or less, your long-term capital gains tax rate is 0%. Huh. There's no tax on long-term capital gains. So remember this, married filing jointly, income under 83,000. From 83000 to 517000 any of your capital gains are only taxed at 15%, okay? It's only if you get over $517,000 of, of total income for the family are you taxed at 20%. So this is important, though, because you, you can look at taking IRA distributions, which are taxed at your normal, ordinary income tax rate, or you could take capital gains, which is taxed at the capital gains tax rate which for most people would be 15%. Mm -hmm. So you have to look at it. Uh, over $83,000, uh, $83, I mentioned earlier, uh, you're going to be at a 22% marginal tax rate. Yeah. So you could look at taking capital gains at some times and keeping your tax rate down to 15% instead of 22 and 25 and, and other rates that are out there. And, and that distinction is important for people to understand because, you know, like a lot of things that we talk about on this show, um, people hear things mm -hmm. and they don't understand what necessarily what they're hearing. They hear terms. And I will say, when you watch the news, yeah. um, I know it's surprising that they might not be as clear as you would think they should be, but <laughs> you just simply hear the terms capital gains. Mm -hmm. A lot of times they don't make a distinction in things that we yeah. hear 
between short-term yep. and long-term capital right. gains. So understanding there is a difference matters. Absolutely. Very important to know the difference between the two in the holding period and the taxes associated. Short-term capital gains, marginal tax rates, long-term capital gains, um, capital gains tax rates, which for most people is maxed at 15%. Yeah. It is important each year too to know that, uh, again, we're talking about non-qualified accounts, non-IRAs, you know, that any of your losses can offset your gains. So if you do have some holdings that have a, you know, a gain, you got a dividend, you got interest, you could sell some other things for a loss, and, you know, and they could offset each other. Uh, but the maximum amount that you can uh, have a loss carry is $3,000. So you could, um, you know, sell things for a loss in one year to try to help your taxes. Mm -hmm. um, the maximum deduction on a loss is $3,000 in any given year. Okay. So if you sell an investment that lost $6,000 this year, um, you could use $3,000 in this year to deduct from your income. You can use $3,000 in the next year. Mm -hmm. to deduct from your income. So that's also important to know. Losses are deductible. It's very important to know too for, for another reason because I know there are people who, we, we've seen it, they they get in, they get out, they buy, they mm -hmm. sell mm -hmm. without realizing that many times when you're buying and selling, you're, you can be creating capital gains mm -hmm. that you're not aware of. And again, you, you bring up one of these hot button issues for me, <laughs> Paul. So I know you're trying to you're not get me off track, but you know, the people that buy and sell, get in and get out. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of issues with that from a return standpoint, from a fee standpoint, expenses standpoint, but then you're right. I mean, most people aren't even thinking about the impact on, on taxes when you do that, because that's creating a short-term gain situation, which is taxed at your highest possible rate. Mm -hmm. Very important. So- uh, yeah, I th so I think today, obviously, we're focused on taxes. Today is tax day in America. It's the day people have to file their tax returns. It's the deadline. And so it's important for everyone who's listening to the show to make sure you have a plan, that you're dealing with this and, and that you do understand it and, and have a, a, a planner, have a firm that you trust that can look at these things and make sure that when we're talking about converting IRAs to Roth IRAs, we're looking at, you know, what the impact is on your tax taxes when that happens. We're looking at non-qualified accounts and, and what the impact is of taking capital gains, understanding the difference between short and long-term and understanding that sometimes your long-term capital gains tax rate is way better than what your effective tax rate might be, potentially. Absolutely. And, you know, it's important to understand who you're working with too, because if you're not an accountant, you can't give tax advice per se, but I will say that working with a CFP or a firm that follows the CFP standards, you have to have a working understanding and knowledge of taxes so that we can guide and help you in the planning process. And, you know, we talk about our planning process and mm -hmm. how we address taxes for retirement income planning in, in your book, Simplify Your Retirement. Mm -hmm. And so anyone who's listening, if you haven't read the book, send us an email. There, the email will be in the show notes but it's info at simplifyyourretirement.com, info at simplifyyourretirement.com. And we would love to get you a copy of Stephen's book out to you. And you can understand how this topic fits in the overall uh, parameters of retirement income planning. Absolutely. Very important. Hopefully, hopefully people will take advantage of that offer. And I'm just going to briefly mention in 2022, these are the marginal tax rates. These are the tax brackets. Um, the, the smallest, again, this is married filing jointly. The lowest tax rate is 10% up to your first $20,000 is at tax at 
20,000 to 83,000 is at 22%. 83,000 to 178,000 is at 24%. 178,000 to 340,000 is 32%. 340,000 to 431,000 is 35%. And anything above 431,000 is taxed at 37%. So that's just people just to have a general idea. You can think about what your income range is somewhere in there. And that's where we were going to look at what deductions can we take advantage of uh, to stay into the lower, you know, tax bracket. And again, obviously it affects our effective tax rate or, um, you know, what, what's the maximum amount we should convert to stay under that next, uh, a tax bracket. And again, some of them are drastic, you know, going from a 22% tax bracket to 24, that's not a big deal. No. Jumping from 24 to 32, hmm. that's a big deal. That is a big deal. Yeah. yeah. So that's why it's important to, you know, keep these things in consideration. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for most people that have done a good job of saving over the years, and now they're living on their assets in retirement, when we're putting money into our 401ks and we're taking advantage of the tax deductions along the way, this is important to understand because a majority of your assets now are taxable as you take income out. Mm -hmm. And so you have to understand that and how yep. it matters and what happens. And I think that's important. And it's how people understand too. A lot of times when we're doing tax, we're doing retirement planning for people, we might use a 15% tax. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? We may use a 20% tax estimate. And sometimes people will look at it and say, well, I'm in the 22% tax bracket at this at this income level. But the reason we use 20 is we're going by the effective tax rate in the plan. And that's why that's important too. I think a lot of people, you know, they, they may hold out too much in taxes because they're looking at the highest possible bracket, but that's not how you plan. Yeah. You plan using what you think the potential effective tax rate is going to be. Mm -hmm. And then the final two topics today, Paul, something that I know uh, you deal with a lot because <laughs> you, you're, uh, you help a lot of people here with our social security planning, with our Medicare planning. Yeah. And uh, the other two things are kind of combined. One of them is taxation on social security benefits. Mm -hmm. And this is a topic all by itself. I mean, <laughs> so there's a couple of ways to look at it. Some people don't realize, man, even after I'm in retirement, I'm drawing social security benefits. My social security benefits are actually going to be taxable. That's a huge uh, source of awakening for some people. And what's interesting about that, just the, the, really the main thing we need to get across to everybody is probably pretty much you should count on 85% of your social security income being taxable. Yeah. And that's because they really have not changed the the rates forever. No. Um, literally, so a, a, a married couple filing jointly, uh, the if you earn more than $44,000 a year, married filing jointly, which includes half of your social security benefits, mm -hmm. if that number equals more than 44000 then 85% of your social security income is going to be taxable. And, and you know, it's interesting because uh, one of the things that I do to help with uh, the class that we uh -huh. teach, Simplify Retirement, is every year we update the numbers, mm -hmm. right? Because there's so many things that are adjusted for inflation by the government. And right. so the tax brackets change and how much you can contribute and how much can you write off and some of these other topics we're talking about. The numbers change because uh -huh. they're adjusted for inflation. Even Social Security has a cost of living adjustment right. tied to it. But the one thing I never have to change is the amount that causes your Social Security to be taxed. Amazing. That so, has never changed. As Social Security goes up, yep. more and more people are going to be paying taxes on Social Security. So you should yeah. just plan for that. We plan for it. Yeah, if you're a single filer, if you make more than $34,000 a year in retirement from all sources, including half your Social Security, then 
85% of your social security income will be taxable. I guess that's the only good news. They never tax 100% yeah. of your social security <laughs> income. It's a maximum of 85% of it is taxable. So people should count on that. Uh, in, in relation to social security taxation, the one thing that concerns me is, uh, you know, right now they don't tax 100% of someone's income. They don't charge social security tax on 100% of someone's income. There's a limit yeah. on that. So that's one of the things I think, you know, Congress is looking into raising uh, the amount of, uh, you know, the income amounts that can be charged Social Security taxes on. Mm. That's one way I think they can do that. And so it may be even raising, uh, going from 85% of taxable, you know, income Social Security to 100%. Yeah. There's some things that they, they can do to try to, quote unquote, you know, fix Social Security. And that people need to be aware of. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even what you're talking about there too is some of these things that are talked about that most people may not see are ways that we are taxed, mm -hmm. even though we might see a tax break in our tax brackets. Mm -hmm. Just because tax brackets change doesn't mean you're, if it goes down, doesn't mean yeah. that your overall income is going down because yeah. there are other taxes. Yeah. There's taxes that you don't see in a, in a tax bracket, in a tax chart. Exactly. And one of those big ones is the final topic of today, and that is Medicare. Uh, Medicare Part B, Medicare Part D premiums can increase based on your taxable income. So in other words, you don't get a tax bill for this, but it's a, it's a it's a secret tax because your premiums go up. Yeah. You want to explain to people what Irma is? And, and it's interesting because this is one of the topics that is probably the most, it's the hardest for me to talk about. And I really don't like to talk about it, but it exists. Yeah. And it's income-related monthly adjustment amount or Irma. Yeah. And so, you know, in the past, people, when they would turn 65, they're always looking at 65. 65 mm -hmm. is Medicare age. Well, now because of Irma, depending on your income level, you might have to start thinking about Medicare at 63 mm -hmm. because Irma is always based on the previous two years, to your tax return two years ago. Mm -hmm. So if you were new to Medicare this year, there's a standard Part B rate, and that is 170 and change. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so I'm using generic numbers because these change every single year. But if when they look at your 2020 tax return, okay. if as a married couple filing jointly, your income was above $182,000, you're going to pay more for Part B premium than the standard rate. Yeah. And there, there's several brackets to this. There's, it's about five or six brackets yeah. deep. But the reality of it is the more you make, the more you have to pay for your Part B premiums. And that not just applies to one, but both. So when you hit okay. another bracket, right? Unlike yeah. married filing jointly, if your tax rate goes up, yeah, your tax mm. rate goes up, but it's, it's kind of a one, yeah. it's for the household. Here it's per person. Okay. So if someone makes more than 180,000 married filing jointly, let's say we're on that number, we're just rounding it up, their Medicare Part B and D premiums go up and they both go up for both of them. Yes. Like you're saying, not just one person. Yeah. And so the, the Part D Irma is a little bit different for your drug plan because- mm -hmm it's going to be a flat rate added on top of whatever your plan premium is. And those yeah. are all across the board. So yeah. it, you can't just say what it's going to be, but the reality of it is if Irma impacts you, it impacts you twice mm -hmm. in the Medicare realm. Yeah. And so where I see this happening is either high income earners or the people who retire and say, you know what? 
I want to take a trip. Mm -hmm. I want to remodel the house. And they just pull a massive sum of money out of their IRA, mm -hmm. which means it's 100% taxable. And then two years later, all of a sudden, <laughs> they get a shock yeah. when their Part B premiums skyrocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. too many times, you know, people have come in with the dreaded letter, I-R-M-A-A, mm -hmm. <laughs> man, Irma, Irma came in the mail and they're telling them, by the way, because what you did two years ago, your Medicare Part B and Part D premiums are going to go up. Yeah. And now again, that, that could go up for a, a short period of time and then go back down. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so it is a year by year basis. So okay. that that's the only, that's the one thing that Positive. is good about yeah. it. If it's a kind of a one-off situation yeah. for you is it doesn't follow you for life. It's good. It's not a permanent increase. Yeah, there are some penalties in Medicare that are lifetime penalties, but okay. this is not one of those. Very interesting. So we were talking about it, obviously, in the context of it taxes, even though, quote unquote, it's not a tax that you pay. Uh, but your Medicare Part B and D premiums can go up mm -hmm. based on your taxable income, always looking two years prior. Yeah. Uh, they always look at the tax return two years before. So really, like you said, Paul, beginning at age 63 is when people need to start paying attention to what their taxable income is in retirement. It affects their effective tax rate. It affects their, you know, you know, tax bracket. It also affects what they're going to pay in Part B and D premiums. So very important to do, uh, well, like everything that we do here. Yes. Uh, the important thing about all of it is to make sure that you have a plan, to make sure that you're being intentional. Mm -hmm. and, and this this leads me to one of the dangers that, you know, in general, there's a lot of dangers we believe in people trying to do, uh, you know, let's say financial planning, retirement planning, investment planning on their own. Yeah. Is it possible to go online and find a robot who can do these for you? Absolutely. But there's no robot out there that's going to tell you, by the way, you're getting ready to go to another tax bracket and your Part B and D premium is going to go up if you take this withdrawal from your IRA. Mm. And so that's why it's important to have a firm in like Wise Wealth, people that you can talk to, people that you can trust and look at these things and, and be able to make these decisions. Should I take money from the IRA, you know, this year? How much should I take out and so forth? Uh, because there are a lot of dangers lurking out there, mm -hmm. <laughs> and especially when it comes to taxation. Yeah, and, and again, the the key is the plan. Yeah, because sometimes it makes sense to take an Irma hit yeah. or a long term, you know, a short term capital gain mm -hmm. hit, and there there could be a very solid reason why. But at least uh -huh. you know why you're doing it, and yep. you're being in intentional about it. And you can't be intentional without a plan. Right. Absolutely. And, and, you know, sometimes there are times when, you know, Congress will, you know, pass a uh, legislation that's going to explain to everybody what the new tax bracket's going to be. Mm -hmm. And you can do the math and say, what my effective tax rate's going to be. And you may find out one of these days, yeah, that by taking out an IRA distribution this year and converting it to a Roth IRA, you're going to pay taxes now. But if you don't do it and wait another year, your tax bracket at that point is going to be so much higher. It's worth it to pay higher B and D, these kinds of things. Yeah. B and D premiums on Medicare. And so that's why it's important uh, to have a plan to keep an eye out on these things. It's not, you know, pretty much a set it and forget it, uh, which is why, you know, financial uh, plans, why we always say and why you're going to end the show today. Look, you're always <laughs> in the show. Uh, with, you know, financial peace comes from having a plan. Yes. It, it doesn't come from, you know, you know, returns from the market, any of these kinds of things. It's knowing what I would do if this were to happen, know who I could talk to uh, when I need to make these sorts of decisions. And so that's why I want to talk about it today, Paul, uh, a deep dive into some yes. more of our, uh, the tax 
um, the, you know, lingo, the, the tax considerations, the things that we believe people need to make sure they at least have a base understanding of. And uh, that's why I think it's important. We talked about this today. Absolutely. And it's a great topic. And, you know, so these, all of these topics are ones that we hear about every day, but, you know, we would love to hear from you, our listeners, because um, we plan here very soon and moving forward some FAQ, mm-hmm. some frequently asked question episodes. And so we would love to get questions from you guys uh, yes. to tell us what is it that's on your mind? What questions do you have that we can help clarify, bring some light to, educate you on? Yep. And so if you have questions, email us at info at simplifyyourretirement.com. Again, that's info at simplifyyourretirement.com. Again, we have the request for the book. You can send it there. The FAQs, the questions you have for us, send it there. We'd love to hear from you. Even if it's just a note of, hey, I appreciate this, or you needed a note of clarification, mm-hmm. send us an email. We would love to hear from yes. you. Yes. And, and I look forward to ending. I know we're going to end season four with a frequently asked questions episode. Yes, and absolutely. so this is everyone's chance to get some of those questions in. That's great. And so thank you, Stephen. Uh, thank you for doing this. Um, love being along for the ride. And, you know, it's it's great being able to help bring wisdom to uh, to our clients, mm-hmm. but also to all our listeners. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know the slogan of wise wealth is first wisdom, then wealth. And we truly believe that. And we mm-hmm. want to be able to do that as an education-based financial planning firm. Absolutely. That's our goal. And so I, I thank you for that. And of course, our last thank you goes out to you, the listening audience. You're the reason we do this. And honestly, we wouldn't be here without you. So thank you for tuning in to the Simplify Retirement Podcast with Stephen Strickland. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Stephen comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. It also makes it a lot easier to share these with family and friends. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Wise Wealth, this is Paul Brock reminding you that financial peace comes from having a plan. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Simplify Your Retirement podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Wise Wealth LLC or Simplify Your Retirement. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of a financial advisor or other qualified financial professionals with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.